Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, Justin. Hey, Steve. David from Chicago here. Love your show. Really need to set up a portfolio review with you guys soon. Just wanted to pick your brain on the stock WBA, Walgreens Boots Alliance. And provides unbiased answers. Uh, easily, they can pay the dividend and they can continue to increase the dividend. The return equity is very healthy at 18%. So it's a fairly, very good value play. Invest Talk, over 32 million downloads and counting. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Invest Talk. It is Friday, September 24th, 2021. We've now begun the fall season. Summer's over. We're into fall. October is just next week. October. Now, for most of the country, that means we're getting into fall and to get the fall weather, but not us. Still pretty warm. Anyways, we have to become diligent. We cannot relax. I'm, I'm, you know, we heard what the Fed said. It appears that maybe we're looking at interest rates rising late next year or the year after. But first, there'll be taper. We're going to talk about that in more detail today. But that means, what does that mean? What does that mean for your portfolio? Does it mean anything? Should we worry about it? And what about China? And it's coming down a little bit harder all the time on free market uh, uh, businesses in China. Now, maybe they should because they've had pretty lack in, in, in imposing any rules and regulations. They have rules and regulations. They just don't force them very well. But what does that mean for you and me and our investments? If anything, should we do anything about that? We need to talk about that too. And every day when we start this program, we start with our same mission statement, independent thing and shared success, meaning I'm going to share with you everything I know about what's going on and how we should, how I think we should deal with it. And many times, you know, the answer is don't do much, many times. So is that the answer this time? Well, we'll see. Also, that means, what our mission statement means, I'm going to give you the facts, the facts as I know them. And all from the research and the databases we have give you the information you ask for. And we do it all without a bias. We don't, we don't, we, we buy our independent data. We analyze the data. We don't buy analytical reports. We don't. We do our own analysts. So that's what this means. We're live. We're live every day, Monday through Friday. 4 to 5 Pacific time. I'm waiting and wanting your phone calls. The number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. I'm Steve Peasley, and I really do encourage you to ask me your financial investment questions. So let's get right into the show. Let's go to the first listener line question. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Andrew from Atlanta, and I have a question. When picking stocks, I know that you say that you never want to go 3 to 5% of your portfolio in one stock. 
But if you're investing in ETFs, can you have a greater position if that's going to be your approach? If you you know, could you just take pick four or five if you have ten thousand dollars to invest, pick four or five ETFs that you believe in and just invest the money across the board in those four equally and then just set it and see what happens? That's my question. Listen to the show every day. You guys are good. Hope you have a good one. Thank you. Bye bye. Yes, ETFs are automatically diversified, right? If you have an ETF of the S&P 500, that means you have 500 stocks you're exposed to. If you have an ETF of the Dow Jones Industrial 30, that's 30 stocks. You have the NASDAQ 100, that's 100 stocks. If there's an ETF for the entire marketplace, so you can you, know, you can invest in only a handful of ETFs, and there's nothing wrong with that. I particularly like high-dividend-paying ETFs. Personally, I, I like the dividend. Uh, you know, dividends are a pretty major part of the return of the S&P 500. So I think it's about a third, 30% or so of the S&P 500 long-term return is because of dividends and the compounding of dividends. So just remember that. Yeah, so you know, yeah, the 3 to 5% rule of any one position, 3 to 5% of your portfolio applies to individual companies, stocks. Good question, though. Really do like that. My focus point today concerns the story behind what will happen when the Fed starts tapering. Do you know what that means? And when I tell you what it means, because I will explain it, what will that do to stock market? Will it do anything? So this is this is a very, very important question because we have been in such easy money times where the Fed has been just printing money, pushing interest rates down, buying bonds, buying mortgages, so the banks have plenty of money to, to try to keep the economy going. What happens when that goes the other direction? That's extremely important. What else do I want to talk about? About the leading economic indicators report. They came out today. Or was it yesterday? I want to talk about Nike. They had great sales, 12% growth in sales. Did you see what the stock price did? Maybe we should talk about the debt ceiling, the issue concerning the debt ceiling. Remember, the Congress is, uh, it looks like we're going to be maybe shutting down our government again. Do you know what? I think the stock market doesn't really care. But we should talk about that. And how about the rules and regulations raising taxes, the new legislation that's coming out of Washington to raise taxes. You know, my my personal feeling over the decades I've been watching Washington concerning taxes, whenever they say, well, we're just going to tax the rich, you better hold on to your wallets because usually that filters down to the middle class. I wish they would tax the rich. The, they, don't, they never tax the rich. What they do is they tax income workers, middle and high income workers, not the rich, not the extra wealthy. I guarantee you the Bezos and the Bill Gates and you know all those people of the world and the Warren Buffetts, they're not gonna they're not gonna pay any more tax. Because they're not high income workers. They're the rich. Anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit. Anything you want to talk about, as long as it's financial, we'll discuss it. Okay? So give me a call. So those are what we're going to discuss. The market was mixed today. 
The Dow is up 38 points, the NASDAQ down 5, and the S&P up 7. It was worse than that during the day, but, you know, when I saw the market opening this morning, I said, you know, it may not end up being down, but it wasn't down that much. And we made up all the huge down day from the Chinese uh, debacle for Evergrande. Is that what the name of it? Evergrande? That's that big builder in China that's got $305 billion in debt and has no way to pay it. So, you know, so that really took the market down. But it made it all up by today. Kind of interesting. Not that big of a deal to us on our market anyways. I think it has a much more impact on China and the Asian markets than here. Interesting. Okay. Um, instead of a trivia question today, I'm going to share some highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. So that's coming up about the halfway mark. If time permits, I think it will. How did the market do? Well, I told you, it is pretty mixed, and I think it's done pretty well for the week. We're still in our corrective mode, though. Don't think we're out of the correction yet. Well, we're not. We're not. And I and if you read the premium newsletter today, I've talked about that, and I'll, we'll go over some more of those details when the time comes. We're headed into a quick break. Invest Talk will continue. You just got a call, 888-99-CHART. No two investors have an identical portfolio, so each investor will have different questions. I guess I'm wondering how I should kind of diversify. If the questions specific to your portfolio aren't being asked, your situation is not addressed. And I wanted your thoughts on the cannabis market. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein take Invest Talk listener questions each weekday during the program live stream in the 4 to 5 p.m. hour Pacific time. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, so get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin. Hey, Steve. David from Chicago here. Love your show. Really need to set up a portfolio review with you guys soon. Just wanted to pick your brain on the stock WBA, Walgreens Boots Alliance. Have a decent position. I really like the dividend and just wanted to get your overall thoughts on this stock. Thanks again. Love your show. Bye. Okay, it operates as Walgreens Boots Alliance, operates, it's WBA symbol, operates 21,000 pharmacy-led health and well-being retail stores in 11 countries. It's a four, almost a $42 billion company. It's huge. They make money. They've always made money for many, many, many years. They're going to make $4.75 this year after making $4.40 last year, then 5.03 per share next year. 
$5.03, and it's a $48 stock. So obviously that puts it up below a 10 PE at this point. Dividends 4%. Can afford to pay 10, uh, uh, 4%? Heck yeah. 4% of $48 is what? Uh, under $2, and they make 503 So easily they can pay the dividend, and they can continue to increase the dividend. Return equity is very healthy at 18%. So it's a fairly va- very good value play with some growth, 5% growth of two quarters before this most recent quarter, and the most recent quarter had 12% growth. So pretty healthy company. Pretty healthy company, not too much debt. Management owns 17% of a $42 billion company. That is a huge amount of money that management owns, So, which is very positive. So I kind of like the stock. I see no reason there. There's no uh, reason to sell it. It has a hard time getting above $57 a share. It's fallen down from that, back down to 45 and here now it's at 48 But... Just enjoy the dividends, and it will go up over time. It will go up over time. That's my feeling. Stock. Again, that's Walgreens, WBA. My focus point today concerns the story behind the question, what will happen when the Fed starts tapering? Tapering. Tapering. What does the Fed, what does that mean? Well, the Fed, to keep the economy rolling and keeping them flushed with cash, Okay, has done several things. One of it is called tapering. One of the things they've done is called tapering. Tapering, I mean, one of the, one of the things it's done is buying, buying bonds and mortgages. Tapering means reducing the amount of buying those bonds, eventually stop buying them altogether. So that's when they refer to tapering. They mean, when is the Fed going to stop its bond buying program? It buys $80 billion or more a month worth of bonds and mortgages. So now the the uh, balance sheet for the Federal Reserve is like $8 billion. That's unheard of. I mean, when it was $4 billion, I thought that was skyrocketed balance, money under the balance sheet. Now it's $8 billion. Okay, so they have agreed that they will probably start tapering soon. They will start getting tightening the money supply fairly soon. Now, tapering is going to happen way before actual raising interest rates. The other thing that they've been doing, they've done, is lowered the overnight rate, borrowing rate, the Fed's fund rate between zero and 025 percent yield. In other words, banks can borrow money from the Federal Reserve. And they hardly have to pay anything for it. It's free money. And then the banks turn around and lend that money to us and corporations and everything else. So they they have a huge spread because whatever they charge, they're making the whole thing. Right? Because they don't pay anything for the money. So wouldn't that be a nice? You could borrow money from somebody at 0% interest. And then you can start, you can go build some buildings or loan somebody some money or issue mortgages. And, you know, you know your cost of money is zero. See, so that's raising interest rates. And that's late next year or the following year. They haven't done talking about that yet. Only tapering. Our Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes. You can leave your questions anytime you want. 
I'm sorry, what'd you say? Okay. Day or night at 888-99-CHART. Everybody, my engineer is talking in my ears, and I didn't hear what he said. And now we are going into a break. But I'm here and ready to answer your financial investment questions. But why don't you give me a call? This is Invest Talk. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. 888 chart. We're going to go talk to Mike in San Francisco. Mike. Hey, am I on the air? Yeah, you are. Thanks for calling. Oh, actually, it's, it's Mark. I'm uh, sorry. <clears throat> Mark. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, great, great show. Followed you guys for about 20 years. Ever since wow. Jerry. Great Thank show. you. We, yeah, Jerry. Uh, yeah, he, he started uh, in 1999 or so. But, you know, I, I miss him so much because he was always tough. And he would ask you a question that you, you know, you had a really hard time uh, answering, you know, almost an embarrassment. And it makes you really, you know, it makes you really ask proper questions. Anyway, uh, I just want to ask you what you think your um, projection on real estate in the next two to five years. And that's a tough question, but. <clears throat> Are you talking about in I, California? I, just, I know you're, you're in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, Bay Area, California, Contra Costa County and the. Uh, um, yeah, I have two rentals and, uh, yeah, I think it's going to hold up. I sell, well, I sell one, I sell one. It's just going to be so much taxes, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. I really think it's going to hold up. Well, I really do. Why? Why do I think that? First of all, interest rates aren't going to budge very much for a long time, several years, yeah. mortgage rates are going to be still very low. And uh, secondly, the economy is going to still expand. They, you know, I, I can't see a, a reason for it to, to you know, fall so and jobs are plentiful and people filling them. Their their raises, their, people are getting raises. I, I just don't see the scenario where real estate is going to you know you know take a big swan dive. It's not like the mortgages are like they were in two thousand eight when you could borrow money and you didn't have to have a job. You had no way to pay the mortgage. It's not like that, right? right? You know, they're making sure there are down payments and there's, you know, there's a job and income earning ability to pay the mortgage. So pay the mortgage. So I, I really don't think that we're in a bubble. I don't. I think that the prices okay. are really high. You know, and yeah, I'm concerned. That, uh, I'm concerned that I'm concerned that rates could just uh, jump up because because of inflation, and then also we've had such a, a huge upswing, you know, the last year or two that. Yeah, you know how sustainable. That's well, what I'm thinking. So. It, it can soften. Don't think it can't soften, uh, Mark. It can soften, but I don't think we're looking at a ten, twenty percent fall in price. I, I, I just think that it probably may. I think it's going to be very location specific, but I think the prices are just going to stay pretty even with a slight upward trend for a while. That's about it. Okay, appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, uh, when people take the time to leave an Invest Talk podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them with the courtesy of getting their questions quickly on the air. So um, I'm, this is the question. 
from Timber. I'm curious to hear uh, your thoughts on Ammo Inc., ticker symbol POW, P-O-W-W. I have a small position with a basis of $6.80 and would like to add to it. Growth and sales seem, seem really good as they made a large acquisition recently as well as a military contract. I'm looking for long-term thoughts as I'm only 36 and have lots of time. Okay, so... It's a fairly new company. Uh, that's one of the things. It's a, a new IPO back in uh, 2020. Okay? So it's a fairly new company, so you don't have a long history of what it can do. Designs and manufactures ammunition products for law enforcement, military, sport, shooting, and self-defense. So they make ammo. That's the name of their company, Ammo Inc. Sales have been very, very strong. Now, sales have been very, very strong ever since we've seen riots in the streets in some of the major cities, and that lawlessness gets captured on TV across the nation, and people get worried, and so they arm up. Here in the United States, we arm up. And so ammo prices, uh, ammo sales have taken off. I still think they'll, they'll continue to be high. I do. They're going to make $0.42 cents a share this year. Uh, well, I take that back. Forty-two cents a share next year, and forty-four cents a share the year after. Before that, they didn't make any money. They lost money in two thousand twenty-one. Lost money in two thousand twenty. Lost money in two thousand nineteen, and two thousand eighteen. So, you know, it's a seven hundred thirteen million comp- dollar company. Very, very small. Very high risk. I would not add to this company. I would not add stock for this company. It's a it's too small, too risky. It's okay taking a risk, but you don't need to have too much of a risk of any one stock. Management owns 24%, and funds are buying it. That's probably why the price is, it went up as far as $10, and now it's back down to $6.30. So, not, not my cup of tea to add to it. And I don't think I'd own it either, because I think there's too much competition in that sphere. It is Friday. That means I will soon be sharing highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. That's coming up in a few minutes. In the meantime, my phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm calling to ask you opinion on an ETF called XLI. And the question is, during the market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady? And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right term. A warrant is a right to buy shares of stocks at a certain price. What's your question? Now is a good time to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, this is Travis from Iowa. Um, I called last week asking about TCS, the container store, and Steve, you said it looked uh, like it was pretty 
pretty attractive. And you said maybe look into their earnings growth was going to decline, I think. And you said look into why. You thought maybe it was due to expansion or something. You said look into it. So my question is, uh, if that's the case, where do you start by looking into it? What Do you go to the uh, the company's website, look at their investor relations page? Do you look at some other uh, press releases? Where do you start to find some more information like that that would be useful? I listen for your answer on the podcast. Thank you. God bless. Okay, I would take a, go to the SEC, Securities Exchange Commission, look at their 10K and 10Qs, uh, which is their financial statement. I'd start there and read what they say their business is, and usually in there they would give you projections and what their what their plans are and for the coming year, two years, three years, or five years out. I would start there. Then uh, go. I, I would check to see if they've made any acquisitions, and that would be in their annual statements that they provide. And see, and it would give you an idea where they if they're growing and how they're growing. They're going to grow by buying companies. Are they growing by internal growth expansion? How's that happening? And you'll find all that in that that it just takes digging. This is what this is what people do for a living. I mean, analysts do for a living. They dig, dig, dig. And you know, they definitely call the company. They will call the company and talk about them. But they will also call any competitors. They'll call their suppliers and ask about you know. As have, they dig in, and it's 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 a it's a lot of hard work. The suppliers about well, what are you buying? Are they buy, are they ordering more stuff? Uh, what do you think is happening with the company? And you know, some people just hang up on you, but that's how they do it. They dig for information. So that's what your job is: dig information. It depends. See, it depends on how how detailed you want to be. You know, there are going to be there's probably analysts already following this stock. Find out who those analysts are. How do you find that out? Well, go just Google it. You can find it on the Google. Find out who the ends are. Is, is Goldman Sachs tracking this stock? Call up Goldman Sachs and say, look, I'm looking at a company I'd like to get some information on. They're willing to talk to you. You'd be surprised how much people will talk to you. They will. And, of course, some people won't. They'll turn you off in a heartbeat. So the KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today and as of this morning. And, of course, I'm distributing it. will be out by tomorrow morning. In the market condition sections, I talked about it was a very volatile week as the indexes reacted to news coming out of China about the big company Evergrade, the potential major construction company that will be responsible for billions of dollars in debt. And I mentioned China was cracking down a little bit. And I say, you know, they were cracking down on various parts of their troubled semi-free market-driven economy. That's what China's doing. I say semi because much of the Chinese economy is owned and controlled by various parts of the government. This morning, they outlawed cryptocurrency. Did you see that? They outlawed cryptocurrency. I put that in the newsletter. It cannot legally be used in China to execute any commercial or private transactions. None. The leading economic indicator rose up nine-tenths of percent. It was up eight-tenths of percent in July. The conference board, who produces that, uh, said it was it was fairly strong. And despite the rise in cases of COVID, Delta variant, 
and rise inflation. So it's still very strong. When you have an LEI, leading economic indicator report, that's going up, that tells you the economy three, four, five months from now is going to be strong. I also mentioned October is famous for having large swoons that start in September, but is also well-known for putting in a bottom. And it feels like that's the path the market is taking now. When I say put in a bottom, October is one of the better months of the year for returns because a bottom is put in and it starts rising again. I don't see why it wouldn't happen again this year. In the portfolio management section, remember I have four sections in this newsletter. Talked about many bond funds paying attractive yield and are showing strength. However, it's important to remain cautious and make sure you differentiate between actually owning bonds and bond funds. Bond funds operate a little bit different than the bonds themselves, even though the bond fund holds bonds. And I explain why. Why should you be cautious about that? The stock ideas section. Talked about one of the largest, one of the larger telecommunication carriers, and it's not AT&T and not Verizon, not them two, but I mentioned one that recently bought another business and has now moved toward commercial businesses versus residential business, even though they still have a large residential base. I also talked about a very large gas and oil company, the largest gas and oil company in the world. So you can guess who that is. So those are the two things in my uh, my stock ideas section. Remember, they're ideas. They're not recommendations. They're, they're stocks that you should put on your list and watch them decide, do your own research and decide what you need to do. Put it in, in your portfolio if it fits what you need. Okay? In the consumer watch section, the last section, this time I talked about taxes, this year's taxes, and what you can do about it, and you got to kind of do it fairly soon because we're now at the end of September, uh, September, beginning of October. You only have a couple, three months left to do anything about taxes this year, and I gave you uh, uh, five or six things that you can do about taxes this year. It's in the newsletter. There's a lot of valuable information in the KPP Premium Newsletter each week, and it's easy for you to subscribe. You can do it directly through investtalk.com, and after subscribing, you'll receive the full report each Saturday morning directly in your email box. So we do not often get a second voice bank question, but I have one now. Let's play it. What's your opinion on Oxford Lane Capital? O-X-L-C-I? I don't know. That, 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 oh, C-L. O-X-L-C-L. Okay. O-X-L-C-L. Don't have anything on it. O-X-L-C-L. Huh. O-X-L-C-L. Oxford Lane Capital. Okay, it's OXLC. That's what it is. Oxford Lane Capital Corporation. OXLC. No L at the end. Okay, uh, let's see. It is a very small company, $718 million, invested in equity, junior debt, tranches of collateralized loan obligations. So, you know, 
junior, meaning it's not the first in line. It's second or third in line. If the company goes bankrupt, they don't get paid first. Therefore, they make higher yields because they got higher exposure. Okay. Um, they're going to make a dollar fifty-one this year, two thousand twenty-one. A dollar twelve next year. They made six dollars and forty-seven, forty-one cents last year. Seven dollars a year before that. Ten dollars a year before that. What is that telling you? Ah, uh, uh, they pay a huge dividend, and it's a seven-dollar stock paying eleven percent dividend. So it's paying most of its money on the form of dividend, about seventy, eighty percent. And uh, I have a feeling, you know, this is not something you should invest in. Uh, there's, it's way, way, way too risky, too small. Uh, there's, you know, management owns 4%, but no mutual funds own it. They've sold it. Okay, why? Why aren't they? No, this is too risky. This is something, you know, you don't need to be messing with. There's a lot better things out there. A lot better. So don't think about it. That's uh, OXLC, everybody. Let's go to uh, Agit. Agit? Agit from Fremont. How you doing? Doing fine. Thank you for calling. Yeah, the energy transfer, the symbol ET, E as in England, T as in Thomas. ETN? No, just, just, just ET. ET, Energy okay. transfer. Okay, that's energy transfer. Okay, got it. Okay, let's see. Uh, okay, this is a twenty-five billion company, twenty billion size. So it's a big, big, pretty big company. Engaged in natural gas mainstream liquid transportation and storage in the United States. So this is a pretty cyclical company. They're going to make a dollar ninety-eight this year. Uh, that's the most money they've ever made. Next year they're going to make a dollar twenty-six. Uh, which is the fourth most money they've ever made. So, so it's a nine dollars and twenty eight cent stock. So it looks really, really inexpensive. Okay, and reason why it is is because this industry is very volatile. Stock prices are very volatile. I mean, in two thousand sixteen, the high was nineteen dollars, the low was three. And if you look at all the years in between, they have really big swings. So it's not consistent. Sales are growing really nice, 46% this March quarter, 108% the June quarter. So the sales growth was spectacular, but the four quarters before that, they did they shrink. So it's very risky. They also carry a lot of debt. But management owns 14%, which is good. That's a good sign. Management has a lot of confidence in it, and they own 14%. And mutual funds have been slowly buying it, so they like it too. Pays a 6.6% dividend, and that should be uh, easily maintained, easily. So I think their dividend is pretty secure. Just that you're going to have to get used to a roller coaster ride. That's it. It's a good, solid company, but you're going to have to get used to a, a price swings that are, can be very violent. Okay? Thanks for the call again. I appreciate it. 888-99 chart. Okay, LEI came out and up nine tenths of percent when it was eight tenths before. Uh, new home sales were out seven hundred forty thousand in August. They expected seven hundred twenty thousand, and the month before was seven hundred twenty nine thousand. So housing is still pretty strong. Remember, I gave you the other numbers: existing housing sales and 
you know, uh, new home construction. And, you know, I gave you uh, this. This is just adding to that, telling you the housing market is still pretty strong. Not as strong as it used to be, but still pretty strong. Nike came out with their earnings report. Sales were up 12%, and that was a pretty good number. But the stock fell hard. Why? Why? Because short-term supply chain issues that uh, the the sales would have been much bigger if they didn't have those issues. Okay? And there's a huge Long Beach here just up the street from me, maybe an hour. And there's like 30, 35 container ships out outside the harbor trying to get in to unload their ships. So uh, there's supply chain problems all around the world. And I think it's going to take a year before that really, really, you know, works itself out. I think it's going to take a long time. The government's talking about the debt ceiling, and they apparently both sides can't agree on what the, about spending more money. Uh, the Republicans saying that there's a lot of issues in the bill that has nothing to do with spending, you know, raising the debt ceiling, and the re- Democrats are complaining about the Republicans holding them hostage, holding the, gar- the economy hostage. You know, you know, typical Washington speak, right? Typical. Fighting back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Now, don't get the impression that I think this is bad. I think, actually, it's good. Do you realize our our country, our government started with this. There were, <laughs> this is, you should read the John Adams when he, when there's a book about his life and how all the arguments trying to put the country together. Huge, much worse arguments than we see today. Don't think this is new. This is how our country is formed. This is how we have, this is how we operate. We have difference of opinions and we fight over them. And I think that just makes us stronger in the long run, personally. Okay, let's play a question. It came in earlier. 888-99-CHART. Hey, how are you guys doing? I wanted to see what you guys thought about J.P. Morgan and what, and if you guys thought uh, right now it might be a good buy price. All right, thank you. Okay, J.P. Morgan Chase, $500 billion, well, $487 billion company. Uh, global financial company providing private commercial investment, banking, treasury services. It does in over 60 countries. I mean, it's a worldwide country uh, company. They're going to make four, They're going to make $14.06 a share this year, up 73% from last year. Next year, $11.99. It's a $163 stock, so it's not cheap. It's not expensive either. Okay, so um, it's a fair price for the company. Return on equity is only 10%. I'd like to see it higher than that. Cash flow is $11.66. Debt is pretty heavy, but it's a bank. They can have a lot of debt. Pays a 2.5% dividend. I, I think it's a one of the better banks out there. I just don't know if I'd be a buyer at this stage. You know, it seems like it's hitting a lot of resistance around $165 to $167. And that's it's at 163. So I'm not interested in buying at this price. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. That is our main goal. And the work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now 888 99 chart. 
Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for long term. Good advice. Stick to a well thought out plan for carefully divvying up your money so no single calamity will destroy your portfolio. Want to talk about it? 888-99-CHART is how to get through right now. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Stephen Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Stephen Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99Chart. Hey, Stephen Justin. My name is Travis from Minnesota. I'm 22 years old, and when I'm looking at stocks, should I be paying attention to dividend yields and, you know, reinvesting dividends, or should I be focusing on individual companies that are, you know, reinvesting that would-be dividend into, uh, you know, improving a company to grow long-term? Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Now, that's a very good question, but really what you should be asking is, should I concentrate on high-growth companies that being as young as I am or more mature companies that pay dividend? That would be the question you really should be asking because – when you look at a company paying dividends, generally speaking, those are mature companies. And you're looking for companies that are more stable. And do you want to have a stable portfolio or do you want to have a growth portfolio or do you want to have a combination of both? So you kind of separate those two company categories in your head. Okay, this is my blue chip Boring companies that have some growth, but not a lot, but they pay nice dividends. Here's my much faster growing companies. Now, when you're young, you tend to want to be in the more faster growing companies, but I still think you should have some core holdings that are stable. And as you get older, those stable core holdings grow in number in your portfolio. But it really comes down to your personal pro- your personality. You know, are, do you like taking risks? You would, if the higher risk are in the higher growth stocks, smaller companies that are growing very fast, higher and higher risk, less risk, big companies that are boring, that don't grow a lot, but they do have consistent earnings, consistent growth of dividends, and you can, you know, you can rely on them. Two different kinds of things. So it depends on what kind of investor you want to be. Okay, so I'm looking at the stimulus package, about $3.5 trillion, right? And, of course, the, it's stuck in, in the House and in the Senate. And, you know, they're bickering over this and that. But along with that spending package is also a $3.5 billion uh, tax increase package. So they're trying to pay for the cost of the infrastructure by increasing taxes. Now, I did, of course, we don't know what intervention you're going to look at. And every time I hear about people increasing taxes it, 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 for the rich, it always seems to hit the middle class and the higher income. And they really don't tax the rich or even suggest they're taxing tax the rich. What they're suggesting in this report is they want to raise the income tax on anybody making more than $400,000 a year from 37 to 39.6%. Okay, so in California, that means that it would be 52% here, uh, depending on what tax bracket you are. Uh, they also mentioned uh, increasing dramatically the capital gains tax 
on households who earn more than a million dollars a year. <coughs> now, there's no details here, but I didn't see anything else that the article I was reading, at least, quoting a tax on the wealthy. Tax on the wealthy. Where's the tax on the wealthy? Because I guarantee you those wealthy individuals like Warren Buffett and all the other billionaires out there, I'm not picking on Warren, I'm just saying all the billionaires, they don't make income. So they don't really pay income tax. They may they may have capital gains. That's possible. But they would they would sell off some stocks that they own and they'd have some kind of complicated tax you know, avoidance system somewhere, maybe offshore. They have high-powered attorneys, high-powered accountants that try to keep them paying as little taxes as possible. And that's what I think they should address. And they never seem to address it. You know why I think that might be true? Because it's so complex that I don't think they know how to address it. Remember, you know, if you're super wealthy, you don't have to live in this country. You can become a citizen in any country you want. You can pay for it. And they can have very different tax brackets. So, anyway, they really should address it in a different way, in my personal opinion. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening. And, you know, we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the free podcast downloads. You can get free downloads from iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and of course, you can, if you get it from iTunes, please review and rate us. Appreciate that. And let's see. Again, we're done for the week, and now you have a long weekend. Independent thinking, share success, so enjoy your weekend, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, It's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.